Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Bodicey Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore. And today we're going to dive into understanding all things about asset-based and DSCR financing. We're going to have a, we have an amazing guest on with us. We've got Doug Perry, who's the director of sales with Temple View Capital. And I actually was just at their headquarters in Bethesda, Maryland, this last couple of days, actually. I just left, I just got back a couple of days ago and uh, really excited to uh, to talk to Doug here and really dive into the financing aspect. You guys know that you know when you're when you're buying investment properties, one of the biggest one of the biggest check boxes that you've got to get checked off and understand and is what type of financing are you gonna put in place. And and so I'm really excited to talk to Doug about this asset-based loan that Templeview has and really, really dive into some of the details, the pros and the cons and and how you can use them as an investor to scale. Doug is based out of, he was just telling me, he's based out of Laguna, uh, California. So he gets to, uh, he lives in a resort town. So, you know, we're talking about short-term rentals and he's, uh, he gets to, like, he, we, he, we were joking that, he, you know, his days are walking on the beach and watching sunsets go down. So that's, uh, I, I don't feel too bad for you on that, Doug. So welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate you inviting me here. It was great having you at corporate and appreciate you having me on your podcast. Awesome. Yeah, we're super excited. So, um, so Doug, you know, our listeners, they're uh, all things short-term rentals, but a lot of our listeners actually invest in a lot of other real estate cl- asset classes. Mm-hmm. And so this is actually going to be a really fun episode for them as well, because I know Templeview has some good products for a lot of different avenues in the real estate investing game. And so um, we'll dive into the asset-based loans, but we'll get into some of the other things as well as, as we start to dive into this. So, so Doug, start us off and just give us a little bit of background about you um, and in uh, Templeview is just kind of an understanding of um, you know, where, where you're at, where you're coming from, and, and we'll dive in from there. Sounds good. As Sean said, I'm Doug Perry. I'm the director of sales at Templeview. I've been in the mortgage business. This is my fourth decade in mortgage lending. Got my start at a little company called Countrywide Home Loans, where I spent 18 yeah. years. Little a variety of, of roles there. Uh, went to IndyMac. Uh, financial crisis hits. Great lesson to be involved in a financial crisis and, and see how that happened. Uh, after that, I joined PennyMac. I was employee number 35 at PennyMac, uh, uh, now a leading national lender. Spent some time at some other regional lenders and then went over to Five Arch, which is a business purpose lender. Uh, they were purchased by Redwood Trust, a publicly held company. Did a, Spent a little bit of time working at Corvest, another business purpose lender. And I've been at Templeview, where we are really leading this segment in terms of product offerings, in terms of pricing. So Templeview is going through a huge growth period, and we're really an, an added value, added partner here for borrowers that are interested in acquiring investment properties. Awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, long time in the in the game and seen a lot of ups and downs in that time as well. And, and industry changes. There's a lot of things that have changed in that amount of time. Significant changes, right? In terms of how we underwrite loans, in terms of uh, how the technology that's come in, think of the technology advances that's made things so much easier for both borrowers and for lenders. And just having that experience, Templeview is in its 15th year of business, got our start during the financial crisis, buying distressed assets. Uh, As that ran its course, we got into the lending side of this business. Uh, And and we really provide Wall Street style capital, institutional capital, which provides great rates, great leverage, the amount you can borrow relative to the value of the collateral itself. So uh, 
Templeview is doing some very innovative things too, and a really a well-established lender in a segment that, that that really stands out in. Awesome. And and let's let's dive into that a little bit. Templeview is not a broker. We're not talking about you guys broker. You guys are a direct lender. Um, like you said, with with institute institutional, you know, volume capital available for the the everyday investor, right? Exactly correct. So uh, what Templeview is doing here, right? You, you have a loan that you might get on your primary residence, what we'd call an owner-occupied loan or, or an agency type loan. The agencies are Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA. Uh, and, and that's a loan typically that's underwritten based on a debt to income ratio. They're gonna ask you about your income. They're gonna run a credit report and find out what your debts are and then run a ratio. And basically that ratio has gotta be 42% of your monthly gross income or less has to go towards your housing expense. So it's a great way to underwrite an owner-occupied house. Doesn't work so well when you're a real estate investor and you have multiple projects going. And as we like to say, you're taking legal advantage of every opportunity to minimize your taxable income. Not breaking any laws, but on paper, you don't make a whole lot of money. You're able to write off a lot of things legally, compliantly. And when you go to get that kind of a loan that runs a debt-to-income ratio, oftentimes banks just flat out say no. You just don't qualify. If you add to that, even if you do qualify, they don't understand real estate investors. It's not what they're wired to do. They're wired to put people into primary residences. And when you say, hey, I'm, I'm someone that, that owns a rental property. I'm someone that owns five rental properties. Heck, you say, I want to I I own a short-term rental, get a loan on that. They'd say, heck no, that's, that's not my mission. That's not what I'm here to do. So your typical bank doesn't make the kinds of loans that we do. And Templeview as a business purpose lender, that's what we call ourselves. We really cater to real estate investors and developers and offer products that cater to their needs, as well as ability to qualify them for these loans using very different methods than a debt to income ratio. Awesome. And I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up at the very beginning of the show, because that's a key distinction to really understand. I've had some another lender um, on our show before, really the top lender when it comes to traditional financing in the nation for that those traditional type loans. When you guys hear me talk about traditional loans, that's what I'm referring to is what Doug just explained to you is that you've got W-2 income, you go into the bank, they look at your qualifying based on your credit and your income. Right. And that's that is how most banks are set up to borrow, to, to lend money to borrowers. Well, mm-hmm. to Doug's point, there's a lot of us, you know, investors or business owners and everything else that we don't look really good to a bank to lend money to. And and so it's really nice to have these other options. And, uh, you know, as a business solution like Templeview comes in and offers and says, OK, we're going to we're going to look at completely different criteria. And so, and, and when we talk about that, like you've heard me talk about asset-based loans, you know, that's how, that's kind of how I describe these loans. The real term for these loans is DSCR loans, right? And that, that stands for debt service coverage ratio. And, and Doug can kind of explain that of what that means, but that's the different criteria. The property itself is really qualifying with, for the income, the income requirements is really coming from the property, not the primary borrower. Correct, Doug? Exactly right, Sean. So we talk about a debt service coverage ratio loan or a DSCR loan. That's a loan where I'm going to take a look at the income that that property is producing. And then I'm going to compare that income to the debt service. The debt service is a fancy way to say, what's the payment on the loan? What are the taxes? What are the insurance association dues if there are association dues also? And then I divide those numbers 
into each other. And depending on how much leverage you're getting, how much you're borrowing relative to the value of the property, that ratio needs to be somewhere in the neighborhood of one to one as a minimum or 1.25 to one. So you basically, if I said you were getting a 1.25 debt service coverage ratio, that would mean that I'm collecting 25% more every month than the expenses are in that loan to pay for the loan itself. So it's a real easy way to qualify. I am still looking at credit. You have to have decent credit. You have to pay your bills. There's, there's nothing worse than going for a loan and someone runs your credit and saying, hey, you're not paying back the loans you have. So you do have to have credit. I still look at that. But I don't look at the income you're making. I actually don't ever ask a borrower for your income documentation. I don't ask for your W-2s. I don't ask for your pay stubs. I don't ask for your tax returns. I'm much more concerned about the rent for that property in the area. And I'm more concerned about also how you're going to use that property. Is it a short-term rental? Is it a long-term rental? Make sure I underwrite it appropriately. Because especially when we're talking about short-term rentals, the income that you can generate on a short-term rental is significantly greater than on a long-term rental. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And, 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 and just so you, um, at least my understanding is DSCR loans have been around for a while. They, on the long-term rental side, right? They, a lot of, a lot of, there's been lenders that will look at the rents that a long-term rental um, generates. And frankly, sometimes it's a little easier to underwrite because you've got a 12-month lease or a longer-term lease that has a very consistent income. They're, they're becoming new on the scene in, within the last few years uh, for short-term rentals because short-term rentals are a little more difficult to underwrite because there's some ups and downs in the income. To your point, they have the ability to make more money, but also you have to have some pretty, you have to understand how to actually run the income projections and it's really exciting to see lenders like Templeview get into the game and say, okay, hey, we, we're pretty comfortable with this asset class. And now we're pretty comfortable how we're going to run the income projections on this, on this um, asset so that we can lend against it. And so um, how long has Templeview been diving into the short-term rental game? Is it fairly recently? It is. So and to take a, a little bit of a step back there. So you're exactly right, Sean. Debt service coverage ratios loans have been around for a while. That's not a, not a new innovation. I would say within the last five years or so, we've seen true long-term financing come in. So in, when they first came out, hey, I'm going to run the debt service coverage ratio, but I'm only going to give you a loan that's, that's good for five years. Maybe it was based on a 30-year amortization. Maybe it was interest only, but the term of the loan was only five years. So it's very hard to get true long-term financing, some of that 30-year fixed rate financing that we're used to on our primary residences. So one of the innovations is, Long-term financing has come to debt service coverage ratio loans, to investment property loans. You can get a 30-year fixed rate loan on an investment property, whether it's a long-term rental or short-term rental. You also brought up, hey, there's so much more data out there available. So I can even do a debt service coverage mm -hmm. ratio loan on an unleased property. I can run, appraisers run something called a schedule of comparable market rents. It tells me based on that property, what's the market rent for that property. And I can use that number, even on unleased, unleased property, to make a loan. So even when the property's unleased, I can do it. It's especially valuable on short-term rentals. Short-term rentals are very unique for a lot of reasons, right? It's, they don't have long-term leases by definition. And technically speaking, anything less than a month-to-month -month lease would be a short-term rental, but true short-term rentals are measured in days. They yeah. typically also tend to be in vacation and resort areas. As we like to say, they're close to water, <laughs> right? Yeah. Airbnbs and VRBOs that are, are near water that get a premium. So those vacation resort areas have oftentimes caused problems also for lenders. So you have to take a look at the fact, 
hey, this is a short-term rental. I can't use my long-term rental schedule comparable rent. So it's really going to be understating what the income is for that. It would really lessen the loan amount, what we call constrain the loan amount. If I underwrote a short-term loan as a long-term rental, you're not going to be able to borrow as much money as if I really take a look at what the, the income is as a short-term rental. We apply to that another problem, which is this, this wonderful situation that we're dealing with in, in multiple areas across the globe called COVID. So if I was to say, okay, you've run it as a short-term rental, show me your ledger for last year. Problem is going to be, well, you know, last year is not as good as this year. People are finally getting fed up with COVID and saying, I'm going to go get, but I don't want to stay in a hotel. I'm going to go get a short-term rental. I'm going to do that. So it's not going to show me the adequate income. And also if you're purchasing the property, especially if you're repurposing that property from a, a primary residence, maybe that's where someone lived previously, they were running as a primary, they don't have a ledger, or maybe they were running as a long-term rental. You just don't have a ledger. And people would say, sorry, I can't do it. What we do at TempleView is very innovative. We use a third-party software called AirDNA. AirDNA tells us what the rental income of that property will be. We then do give it a little bit of a haircut, a safety valve, to make then that qualifies us if it's not going to be fully rented 100% of the time, which no property will be, right? There's going mm -hmm. to be vacancies and maintenance. And we come up with a number. And that number allows us to really run that debt service coverage ratio, hit that 1.25 DSCR coverage, uh, and underwrite that loan. And, and it's worked out really, really well. And I can tell you this, I've been in this business a long time. We talked about me being in this business. I'm in my fourth decade of lending. And when you talk about debt service coverage ratios of 1.25, uh, a lot of times in traditional lending, you don't see debt service coverage ratios much above that. And what that means is, again, you're collecting more than the actual expenses you have on that property. When I look at the debt service coverage ratios for short-term rentals, they're sky high. I'm seeing numbers I don't traditionally see, one seven, one eights, sometimes some two handles, debt service coverage ratios that start with twos, which where the tire meets the road just means, wow, this is a really profitable short-term rental is what, what it means. So it makes us eager to lend on it as a lender. And as an investor, you look at that and you say, boy, you're going to really make some money on this. So it's a neat way that we're underwriting these. Uh, again, I, I don't require you to show me a ledger. I don't require you to prove anything of what you're going to rent it for. I can actually share that information with you and tell you, hey, yeah. here's what this rent's for. Here's what you're going to make. Here's the vacancy factor. Gives us a market grade also, something we want to make sure we're lending in, in, in good areas that are good for short-term rentals. And then we also do a compliance check also. Some communities are cracking down on short-term rentals and they're requiring a permit. Uh, it's primarily as a revenue generator for municipalities. But if you need a permit, we want to make sure about that up front and make sure you get the necessary permit so you can immediately start running your short-term rental once you take ownership of it. Awesome. And, and that's uh, for those, uh, you know, a lot of people listen to this that are, are not actually members of our Vodacy coaching group, but are the Vodacy members that are that are listening, they are very familiar with AirDNA. We, we go through that entire underwriting process. We go through that permitting process and understanding, like making sure all those boxes are checked. In fact, I've, I, like with our members that we work with, the investors that are across the country, if it, if it checks off and uh, it passes our underwriting criteria, we already know it's going to check off like Templeview's underwriting criteria because we're using the same tools. In fact, mm -hmm. um, I'm very familiar with both. We teach one and, and I've gotten very familiar with Temple Views. And actually, we're actually a little bit more stringent sometimes. And so, but if you're not going Don't through that. Don't tell my that, underwriting department that. No, I, 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 I know. I, I, was, I was talking to him about it the last couple of days. We're, we're, we're pretty dang close. Um, <laughs> but if you're not, 
working with a lender that is familiar with, and, and again, I, I don't think that you should invest based on this, but if a lender is like, hey, this checks the boxes, I promise you that they're, that they're not going to lend money on something they're not comfortable with producing and performing, right? That's their whole, that's the whole underwriting process of this loan. And so if you're not working with a lender that can really, like you mentioned, share this information with you, it's great because it gives you another layer of, of you know, a little bit of layer of insurance and predictability that, hey, somebody else has looked at this and made sure the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. So the, that underwriting process is very favorable to the investor as well. Um, and, and so to, to be able to say, hey, this, this looks like a good asset for us. Sean, you're exactly right. And, and as obvious as it sounds, I want to be crystal clear what a lender like Templeview wants. We want to make a qualified individual loan and we want to get paid back. And right. we want you to make the payments yeah. on time. Yeah. And then we want, we want you to go buy more of them. We want to make more of these loans to you. Yeah. So it, it's a failure on, on every aspect of the process when that doesn't happen. There's a small segment of lenders out there that uh, we affectionately call lend to own lenders. And they're not thinking that way. They're small yeah. time. You can recognize them. Uh, you know, if, if, if something seems off, it probably is. But you're exactly right. We want to make sure that, that we're not putting a borrower in a position where they can't repay a loan. We want them to have a successful project. And, and any lender, such as Templeview, should be eager to share all of the data we have. We talked about how uh, what's changed in the business since I got in the business. A big part of it is technology and data. There's a ton of data out there. Yeah. And, and to use all that data to your advantage uh, is a real a real plus in terms of lenders and also a real plus in terms of investors. And you're exactly right. We're, we're eager to share that information. We, we did pick on one piece of software, AirDNA. It's a third-party software, uh, but they even run a free portion of their site that gives out some, it's like yeah. many things in life where you look at it and you say, I can't believe this is free. This is giving such great information. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, you're exactly right though. We want you to be successful. If we've got an issue with something you're doing, we're going to be very transparent about it. Uh, sometimes we can tell you how to fix it, uh, but we can certainly be very clear about, hey, here, here's, here's what's troubling in this scenario. You got to do this to fix it and then you can get the loan. And one thing that you mentioned uh, that I that I can definitely speak to that was that kind of struck a chord with me when I was at corporate the last few days is Templeview is really interested in partnering with investors that and, and helping them build their portfolio. They're not as interested in a whole bunch of one-off loans. They really want to say, so like to your point where you said, we want you to be successful. So you do it again and again and again. And that makes, you know, that's great for Templeview. It's great for the investor. And, and I, I really heard that more than once when I was out there, that that's that what ideally how that relationship would work. And, uh, and I think that, I mean, that speaks uh, volumes of Templeview, but also as an, as an investor looking for financing options, it's, I'd have that on my short list of, of a, a lender that really looked at it as a partnership to, for growth and building our portfolio. Sean, you're exactly right. And I'm, I'm glad that came through in, in, in your visit. Uh, you know, let, let's go back to that agency type loan, your primary residence right? I'm going to make you that loan. It's going to be a 30-year loan, most likely. And hey, maybe if rates drop in the future, I can refinance you. Uh, a couple of times during your life, you're going to move. Maybe you're going to move up as your family expands. Maybe you're going to downsize a little bit as, as your family contracts. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of opportunity there. I just have to go, more, go find more home buyers to do that. In business purpose lending, it's entirely different. 
We want to find successful investors, people that, that know how to do this, people that want to do it. This is an income stream for them. This is a wealth building technique for them. And, and we want to align ourselves with those investors. It's easy for us to, if I'm doing more than one loan for you, I don't have to double check everything again. I know you. And, and there's almost nothing better in our business in terms of gauging future, future success than prior success. So if I've made a loan to you and you've paid me back or it's performing successfully, that's a huge positive. Even if you haven't done the loan with me, if you've done this before, huge positive. If you haven't done it before, I can still make you a loan. But again, I want to make sure that the project itself, the property itself is properly cash flowing. So I'm not putting you in a bind. And then I also want to make sure that you've paid back other loans in your lifetime that you've taken out. I want to make sure that you're someone who makes good on your obligations. Awesome. Yeah, love it. And and uh, and it's critical. So what, one of those things I want to back up now. In the beginning, we talked about one of the main differences between traditional loans and DSCR loans. And that was the income qualification, whether it's on the actual borrower or whether we're really looking more at the asset class. What are some of the other differences that, that would be critical for somebody to understand and know about um, ver traditional versus like a, a business type loan, like a DSCR loan? Well, and that's the biggest thing, right? When asking about income, uh, in many cases, we don't even ask you about assets. We're rolling a lot of the payments into the loan or initial payments into the loan. So there, there's none of that traditional looking at, well, show me all your banks and show me your W-2. I think that's, that's the biggest difference. And also those, those checks, those, those that we call that underwriting, when you're underwriting that portion of the loan, it takes a lot of time and it can be very consuming. And look, I, I've worked on that side of the lending business and uh, I, I can, I'll tell you a little, little joke. One time I was doing a loan for one of the principals of a lending firm I was with and, and we were asking for two years tax returns. And he actually walked into the firm and he had a little dolly. This goes back to the paper era. I'm dating myself where underwriters would have these. It wasn't, it wasn't paperless as paper, but it was a little dolly that was arguably about two feet high. And he and I said to him, I said, well, hey, what, what are you doing with this? He said, well, you asked for tax returns. Here it is. And like I said, I didn't expect you to get these. And he said, Doug, I want you to show me who we have in our organization that can analyze these. And, and the bottom line is that it probably would take a couple of weeks to go through all those pieces of paper. You really arguably need to be a trained accountant. And, and it just opens a, 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 real, a real mess, a real can of, of, of you know what. To, to get into tax returns and, and then in other businesses. And, and again, investors are pretty savvy individuals. The loans we make are to LLCs. And, and just if you were to go to a typical lender and show them this, they'd be befuddled by it. And, and a, you know, six, eight weeks later, they'd be telling you no versus with us, you know, a couple of weeks later, we're funding your project and, and you're looking at other ones to do. So it, it, it's much quicker. It's, it's, much, it's, it's a much more focused process on saying, let's just look at this one asset and determine what's going on with it versus saying, let me look at every single thing that's going on in your life and do a deep dive into, into some company that you own somewhere else that has nothing to do with this investment. Awesome. So some of the pros and cons, I mean, these types of these, I mean, one, if you're a business owner, full-time investor, things like that, it's it's much quicker to get this process done and, and really build your portfolio. Um, how about interest rates, down payments, um, prepayment penalties? Some of those things are different as well um, mm -hmm. that on, on these types of loans. Absolutely. And they do have some slightly different terms. Uh, and, and again, I'd say, hey, whatever lender you're working with, be it Templeview or someone else, 
you need to have a lender that's very eager to explain everything to you. So never hesitate as a borrower to ask a ton of questions. And if at the drop of a hat, if you feel somebody is not eager to answer those questions, good indication to find another lender. But in terms of interest rates, they're really right at that level where you're seeing owner-occupied rates. It is on an investment property. So maybe a little bit higher, maybe a quarter percent higher on the interest rates for a well-qualified borrower, but not much higher than what you'd pay on a primary residence. So you're getting nice low rates on long-term financing there. In terms of prepayment penalties, that is a little bit different. Typical owner-occupied home does not have a prepayment penalty, whereas the typical prepayment penalty on one of these loans, it's a five-year prepayment penalty. And the reason that's in place is we're saying, hey, this is set up as a long-term loan. If you want a short-term loan, we have other loan products, but don't pay off this loan quickly. Ultimately, we're taking this loan to Wall Street. We're securitizing this loan. We're pulling it with other loans of similar credit characteristics, and we're having we're selling it to investors, if you will. That's the cheap source of abundant capital. It does make sure that's an investment quality loan. That makes sure that, that we're only making loans to, to well-qualified borrowers. We rep and warrant the underwriting criteria have been met. But what it does do is give you a cheap, abundant source of capital that can be borrowed. So when I say there's a five-year prepayment penalty, typically speaking, that's a 54321. That's called a declining prepay. And what that means is if you pay, were to pay off that loan in its entirety in the first year, you'd pay 5% of the unpaid principal balance when you did that. If you paid it off in the second year, it would be 4% of the unpaid principal balance and so on and so forth. Third year is 3%, fourth year is 2%, fifth year is 1%. If you paid it off on the sixth year or later, then there'd be no prepayment penalty. So we're just saying, hey, if you're gonna go get a long-term loan on an investment property, really make sure that's long-term, right? Otherwise there's gonna be a prepayment penalty. If you're not going to be long-term, there are short-term loans available. They're typically used by investors to acquire properties, rehab them, and then sell them. If they wanna hold on to them, they typically go into one of these longer-term loans, but there are short-term loans available. If your plans are short-term, just make that clear. When you're working with a lender like Templeview and you're working with people like myself, our job is to help you. We're your advocate. The best thing you can do is be very straightforward with me. <laughs> Here's what I want to do with this property. Here's my plans. Here's exactly what I want to do. We're not here to, to bait you into saying something that we're going to hold against you in the future. We're here to structure a loan and tell you how you can do it. If I can't do it, I want to tell you relatively quickly I can't do it. I might say, hey, here's somewhere else you can do it. If I can do it, I want to very quickly say, here's the terms. Here's the payment. You also asked about, uh, so we talked about rates. Rates are very similar to owner-occupied rates. These are long-term loans. These are 30-year loans. They can be a 30-year fixed rate loan. They can be interest only for the first 10 years also. And then if you want, you can also get something called a 10-1 arm. That's called a hybrid arm or fixed period arm. And what the 10 means is it's fixed for the first 10 years. And after that, it goes to an adjustable rate loan that adjusts once per year. It's a great loan for somebody that thinks they might be there in the house 10 years or less because it's at a slightly lower interest rate than the 30-year fixed rate loan. So there's a lot of options here in terms of, of what you can do in terms of an interest-only loan, uh, a 30-year fixed rate loan, and, and it really allows you to be very flexible in setting up the type of loan you want and the type of payments you want. In yeah. terms of down payments, it really depends on the, on the type of project you're doing. Typically speaking, though, on a short-term rental, you're going to be looking at a 20% down payment. We will lend up to 80% of the lesser of the purchase price or current appraised value. If you're doing a refinance, such as a cash-out refinance or rate-and-term refinance, those are a little bit lower. Those are typically 70% of the appraised value. 
Yeah. And, and that's uh, one of the things you hit on, which is, which is key. And, you know, you said that, one, this is a, the reason you're getting really good rates that are similar to primary is because it is a long-term. That's why they're saying, okay, don't use this. If you're going to resell it, if you are going to resell it, sooner rather than later, if you're doing a rehab project and you're trying to pull money back out on a refinance, well, guess what? There's a loan product for that, right? There are there are products that, that are built for that and frankly work better for that mm-hmm. and, and, and give you more options when it comes to that. And Templeview writes a lot of those loans. And so mm-hmm. when you start to build the relationship with a lender like Templeview, it, and like you said, let them know all of your plans, your entire property goals, your business plan, how you're going to scale this, because there will be there will be products that you might not know about. Um, when I when I was at headquarters, I was very familiar with a certain type of loan product. But when I started talking about it with with Kerry uh, and he was explaining, I'm like, OK, I thought I understood this. But this is this is actually a little bit better than I thought. I'm going to be able to pull more money out because we were talking about a rehab project that we were going to do. And Carrie Boyle, one of our account executives there. And I'll I'll bet you, Sean, I know what that is because on that long-term side, we run into, we ran into a situation where we had borrowers were saying, look, I bought a property. I was initially thinking of flipping it, or maybe I was even going to do a hold from the start. I rehabbed it. Now I've got this great property and that old saying in, in, in the rental business, right? The best properties attract the best tenants and have the highest rents. But now I have this long-term loan what's the way I can get the most money out of this possible so I can go to another project, right? And typically those properties have been owned for 12 months or less, a situation where a lot of lenders are very wary of, of that. What happened this 12 months? Why is the value so much higher now? You bought it at X, it's now, it's, now it's much higher at Y, right? I don't understand how that happened. I can't wrap my head around it. And as a lender, if I can't wrap my head around it, I'm out of here, right? Whereas on the other hand, this is our business. We're business purpose lenders. We, we make those loans. We make those short-term loans for fix and flips, for rehabs, for ground up construction. And what we did is we said, hey, let, let's make a product that allows people to get as much money out as possible. And what we do is something called a rate and term refund plus a long-term loan. And what we'll do there is we will give a borrower up to 80% of the current appraised value right? Limited only by what they put into a project. We'll give them everything they put into it out up to 80% of the current appraised value. Our definition of what they're going to put into it is their down payment. We'll reimburse them for the closing costs that they paid on that original transaction. We'll pay off their underlying construction loan or rehab loan they did. We'll reimburse them for any out-of-pocket costs that they paid, that they, any rehab they did on their own that wasn't reimbursed by their construction lender. We'll even cover their closing costs on the new loan they're doing, their long-term loan, and even roll in four payments as long as there's enough equity, only limited by what they put into the project and 80% of the current appraised value. So it's a, it's a great product. It's really innovative. I personally don't know of anyone else out there doing it. It competes with cash-out loans where some might say, I'm just going to get a cash-out loan. And again, typically, as I said, for the first 12 months of ownership, most of those cash-out loans are at 70% of the original purchase price. Yeah. We're going up to 80% of the current appraised value. So it, it's a really, really great product. And, and Sean, much like when you were hearing about it at corporate, most of the time we talk to borrowers about it, they say, wow, I didn't know this type of loan existed. Yeah, it's it's critical when you really think about it from the investor's standpoint, right? So many people always ask me, okay, well, what... How do you how do you how do you buy five houses? How do you get to the ten house mark? You're, you're I mean I can't imagine saving up. Let's say you're, I have hundred thousand dollars down for every house. 
And that's not the game that investors play. Investors, they get the return of their capital back in ways just like this, right? Adding value to properties, you're getting, you can get 100% of your money back as long as it's at or below 80% loan to value. And most of most investors, especially if you're going into some sort of a, a rehab project, you're probably not going to hit that number if you put five or $10,000 of lipstick on it. But if you do an actual rehab on a property, add value in a year, you're going to be, you're going to, and, and heck where markets are at right now, you're going to be, you're going to very realistically hit that 80% LTV to pull your money out. Well, an investor, if I have, if I have a hundred thousand dollars into that property and I do a loan like this, well, now on my next property, I don't have to save up another hundred thousand because I got it back from my first property and I'm already still, I'm not over leveraged. We're not being irresponsible, right? We're still, we're still at an 80% LTV. So it has to fit the certain criteria, but it's a phenomenal tool to be able to use to continue to take one down payment and parlay it into multiple properties over time. It really is, Sean. It's a great way to build a portfolio of investment properties. Uh, there's a method out there. It's, it's called the Burr method. Yeah, and it's I call buy, it the Burr and B method. So. Buy, buy <laughs> rehab, rent, refi, repeat. That's Burr, yeah. right? Yeah. And 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 it's it's hard to do, right? And a lot of times people promote that method, and you go out and you go, okay, I've done this. Now how do I get enough money out? And they go, I don't know. And and this loan we're talking about, this rate and term refund plus, completely allows you to do it. And you, you said it too, Sean, something that I just want to put a big exclamation point on. It's again, we're underwriting loans to make you be successful. It's at the right LTV, you still have 20% equity in that property. That's a really nice cushion. Uh, real estate is cyclical. I just can't tell you when it's going to go up and when it's going to yep. go down, but it, it allows you to, to handle market swings and not be over leveraged. And we've also run a debt service coverage ratio. I know you can make those payments. I know what the market rent is for that, be it a short-term rental, be it a long-term rental. I know you're right in that spot and I've underwritten you to that. So again, hey, you've got a, a tenant that doesn't work out. I've got to rent it again. There was a month or two that I wasn't renting. I know you'll be able to make it. I've not put you into a corner where you can't, can't make the payments on that. And it's just such a tremendous way to build wealth. And, and Sean, I'm sure a lot of your members and a lot of people you work with could be advocates for that. I can tell yeah. you, we make loans to them too. And, and last thing, Sean, uh, at least on this topic, or we could talk more about it, but you, you understand our products much more than this. We're going to have to hire you as a loan officer. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, well, I don't know that I want to, I don't know that I'd be a good loan officer. So <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll use them though. I'll use the products. How about that? <laughs> All the way around. And that's, and you know, it's, it's all about the tools that we can use to scale and build our businesses, right? And this is one of those tools and it's a critical tool and not, I always say, not all lenders are created equal. Not all realtors are created equal. Not all coaches are created equal. Like really do your due diligence and look and see what somebody has to offer and, and really, really dive into like on this game, traditional financing has Fannie and Freddie guidelines, right? There's 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 guidelines out there that most lenders are going to fall in, and you're you're shopping, you're really not even shopping rates. You're shopping maybe what some of your closing costs up front are going to be. But I mean, outside of that, it's going to be you have to you have to check all these boxes to qualify for the loan, and that's a personal checkoff. When it comes to portfolio lenders, asset based lenders, you know, Templeview that are these direct lenders, they're you guys are making your own rules essentially. Right. It's not, I mean, there are there are guidelines and things that you want when the investors that your investors on the back end are looking for, but they're but it's not 
they're not traditional across the board, right? They're when you at Temple View and then the other the other lenders that are operating in this space, they're they're operating on different rules. And so you really have to look at what everybody has to offer because some of them might have a really great program that you like. I didn't know about the rate and term refinance type, type of a deal. Uh, the the um, where where you dive in. Yeah, uh, is that what I call? Oh, is that what that's rate almost term called? Refund plus. Rate, call it. Yeah, yeah. And so, as I go in and, and look into that, I'm like, okay, well, that I thought I understood that. I feel like I've been around loans for a long time, but I didn't even. I mean, I, I mean, I understood the concept and that lenders do it, but just the details of it are different from lender to lender in this type of a space. Well, I think it goes back to that some of that technology and, and some of the fact there's so much data available, right? So ultimately, when these loans get to Wall Street, when they get securitized, they either put in a security, put into bonds. Uh, the investors that buy the, those instruments, they want to get their money back. They want to get their principal and interest payments or their interest payments every month. So it, it builds on that, Sean, right? Again, we don't want to put you into a loan that you can't afford, but the things we ask about are so much different that someone that's used to going for a loan on a primary residence would say, wow, I, 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 wouldn't, I didn't even know these types of loans existed. Um, and, and it's really, again, we're, we're catering, I think, more to, to investors, right? Yeah, we, yes. we all own our own residences, but look, if I want to get a, a loan for a house I'm buying uh, to live in myself, I don't go to Templeview. Templeview right. doesn't make those kinds of loans. We're very specialized in, in the types of loans we're doing. Uh, we employ a lot of technology to make it simple. We, we employ that same technology to also make sure that we can understand a situation up front. Oftentimes, investor deals run very, very quickly. In order yes. to get a property off market, uh, you're making a competitive offer to try to, you know, that old saying in, in the investment business, profits made on entry, not exit. You want to get it. You want to source a property at the right price. And to do that, oftentimes you have to close very quickly. So we have to move quickly. We're geared to move quickly. We're geared to add to, to just ask you for the basic things that pertain to this transaction and close this transaction. So that, that, it does make it so, and I, I don't want to create the image that we don't have any rules. We can make any loan, right? The, that, that, the more, the more you're outside of your credit box, the credit box would be defined as saying, here's the types of loans we make. We call it a credit box, right? And the more you go outside of that, the more risky it becomes. So, and, and that risk is best quantified by saying, well, now I need to charge you different rates. So let's say that I'm going to go make a loan on the Eiffel Tower, right? Hey, there's only one of those in the world. And I'm not sure if they don't make their payments, is anyone else going to want to buy that? And it's in a unique location, yeah. right? That's a, that's a high risk loan. I'm not going to be able to make that at a real competitive rate, right? As opposed to saying, well, let's create a program where I can make a loan on short-term rentals. And I'm going to be using some software that's going to really tell me what the rents are going to be. I'm going to be using an accepted appraisal process to tell me what the value of that property is. I can really make that loan a very safe loan. And that's really good for, for everyone concerned to this, the investors that ultimately buy these loans. Again, we're a direct lender. We're not a broker. We're a direct lender. When I say the investors, this is ultimately when these loans go to Wall Street and, and, and people invest in the bonds and securities that, that we are putting out there. It's very safe for them. Our borrowers love it. They're like, wow, I, I can't believe this type of finance is available. This is exactly what I needed. I'm, and and you know, one, one little nuances, for instance, of short-term rentals. Uh, if you had a rural property, we talked about how Properties are, are, are great. Short-term rentals are great if they're near the water, right? So uh, oftentimes the beach isn't near the water in one of the locations I live, but let's, some of the lakes, you're doing a, you're doing a, a property, a cabin in, in, in Lake of the Ozarks. 
perfect short-term rental. But as a lender, you're saying, whoa, that's remote, that's rural. I can't get my hands around that. As a short-term rental, we're able to get our hands around that. And we'll even do a rural property as a short-term rental. It's yeah. actually, it's a plus. And, and we, can, we can underwrite that. We can show the investment community that purchases these bonds and securities. This is a safe loan. And we actually have a long track record of showing these are good, safe loans. And that's what leads to those low rates. That's where I'm seeing that margin between the types of rates on these loans and your owner-occupied rate is really narrow because these loans are so safe and they are so secure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Doug, you and I could talk about this all day. I do have a couple more questions, but sure. we'll, uh, we'll, uh, if you've got uh, a couple more minutes, I, I think that uh, uh, this stuff just intrigues me. And I know that we could probably strategize on how to use these for, uh, to build portfolios all day long. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so one, so a couple things. So one, I want to get your guys' take on, in your opinion on, you know, why Templeview, why other lenders are, you know, really interested in short term rentals as an asset class. Mm -hmm. um, we're seeing that they are, it's a hard asset class for institutional size investors to actually go invest in uh, because a lot of times you're buying one-off properties. So we're seeing more interest on the, the lender side, right? And so um, I'd love to hear your guys' take from that kind of the institutional side of why you like this asset class. And then we'll talk about, who these types of loans are for, when we should be looking at using them. And then if I missed anything on, on some of those, you know, other types of loan programs that, that Templeview has for investors that, that we might want to hit on. So if we could, let's start with the asset class. You know, and, and I think when you have a lender such as Templeview, that's been around for so long that really we're responding, we're investors ourselves. Yeah, uh, You probably recognize that at corporate where yeah. people were talking to yeah. you about short-term rentals, people were, this is what we do and, and, and really how we got into this business. So we understand this and many of our products are driven by demand. So as we saw real estate prices go up in just about every single market, we saw people that used to buy properties to flip, uh, they were getting priced out. They just couldn't source below market properties. And you, you started to see some of the properties that initially an investor would source. Now an owner occupant saying, well, I'll take that on. I'll, I'll do that rehab just to get into a property. And you also found a lot of those markets super competitive where you just couldn't source a below market deal. And that's a really bad way to get into a fix and flip project by overpaying right up front for the property. Right. That's, a, that's a bad way to get into it. So we started to see a lot of investors get into rentals, long-term rentals. That became a, a really, really positive asset class. It was happening at a time where interest rates were going down uh, due primarily, again, we had some COVID factors, some things there, the economy stalling out. You're starting to see historically low rates on owner-occupied properties, just once in a lifetime type rates. People that like to invest in asset-backed loans, loans backed by real estate, hard assets, right? They were looking and they looked at our segment, business purpose lending, and they said, hey, this is, this is asset-backed lending. This is, this, these are secure assets. Let's start investing that and brought in a lot of institutional capital into this space. That's what brought rates down. We had those connections, the roots of our firm, our real estate law and trading mortgage-backed securities. So, so our, our timing was very fortuitous. When we knocked on doors, those people answered those knocks, people knocked on our doors, and we were able to very quickly bring super competitive, ultra low rates to the marketplace. So that, that was kind of the impetus to it. I think as you then started to see, furthermore, some of that same real estate, uh, you know, just hot markets go into rental properties. Now all of a sudden that segment's getting crowded out and investors saying, shoot, I can't do a fix and flip. I can't do a long-term rental. 
what should I do? I'd love short-term rentals are starting to really become popular. Again, there's a little bit of a, a COVID influence there. People aren't quite as eager to go back to hotel. I mean, quite frankly, hotels can't even find staff to, the, to fully right. open for a lot of institutions. And, and it's just, it's, it's a different, COVID has changed a lot of things in life and they've really changed how people might want a vacation in the future. Uh, and, and the problem was we had some of our best clients coming to us saying, I want to do short-term short -term rentals. Can you finance them? And whereas a lot of people, a lot of lenders would say, mm, it's, not, it's not what I do. I don't want to do something new. Uh, we just have a different innovative mindset at Templeview. Yeah. And we said, we should be able to solve this. This is a good class, asset class. We looked at it. So we were able to, using our experience to, to really quantify a way to underwrite it. We talked about that. How do I underwrite the income? How do I do this? Uh, take that and, and really securitize it, standardize it, and make it such that everyone was comfortable with the way we did it and bring that product to market. So I think it's a combination of being innovative at Templeview, responding to demand, and then having the, the wherewithal and the expertise to say, how do I underwrite this? And how do I make sure that people that want to invest in this understand it? And it's a good investment for them. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good loan for the borrower also. It's kind of that win-win. Yeah. And I've been so impressed with, because there's anytime something becomes mainstream, anything, anytime something is you know, the talk of the town, what short-term rentals are, right? They're the shining star of the hospitality space. And, and then you have all these people popping into the game and from all different aspects and lenders are no different, right? And where Templeview has some really deep roots working with investors for a long time, not just, okay, we're, we're really diving in and taking advantage of this, this asset class um, where, where you guys have come in and really understand how to work with investors on the long-term side, how to work with them in different asset classes, and now really partnering with them on this, this not that it's a brand new asset class, but it's really new to, to be, it's really becoming mainstream as an investment class for a lot of investors, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, traditionally, if, if people could go buy properties in Laguna Beach and Park City and Aspen and actually cash flow them on the long-term side, they would have forever. Right, they don't cash flow on the long term side. The acquisition cost is too high compared to the rents that you're going to get on the long term rental. And so, it, what what short term rentals allow long term investors to do as well is to go into these destination areas that are a little bit more high priced, but really good solid markets, and allow us to cash flow properties, which is really exciting as well. And like, uh, there's a lot of investors that invest in those areas, but they plan on a negative cash flow, right? And not everybody can play that game, but they, they do it because they want to buy in nice properties in nice areas. And so it's, it's interesting because we're able to now, you know, even though they're short-term rentals, it allows us to go invest in areas for the long-term and have a long-term asset that we want to hold long-term and actually cash flow it, which is, which is a lot of fun to be able to do. Sean, you're exactly right. By definition, renting always has to be cheaper than buying. If I could buy a house cheaper than I could rent it, I would just buy it, Yeah. right? I, I wouldn't rent. The only people who'd rent would be people that can't qualify for loans. And quite frankly, those aren't good tenants. You yeah. can't afford the payments, right? You wouldn't want that person as a tenant. So, so literally market forces at work, rents have to be below purchase prices. And that's what immediately makes that negative cash flow. When you're a long-term investor, that property is going to appreciate over time and you're going to be good, but not everyone wants that. And like you said, markets where, hey, that just doesn't work. Uh, some of these, these Aspen's a great one to pick on, right? Where you're saying, this just doesn't work as a long-term rental. And the problem has historically been, I can't get a long-term loan on a short-term rental. 
right? I'm going to have to get a short-term loan and those loans are normally fix and flip loans. And those are, those aren't at long-term rates and those are higher rates and that impacts my cash flow. And, and quite frankly, a lot of lenders, when you say, I'm going to run this as a short-term rental, say, I'm out, I'm out. I just don't get it. I don't get that market. That's funky. How do you do it? And, and, and so it, it, it's something that you look at now and you say, hey, this, the short-term rentals, they can immediately cash flow. And that's what's brought so much investor interest to it. These aren't mom and pop investors typically doing this. These are relatively sophisticated investors that are doing this. I think they kind of paved the way, did the math and were able to, to, to do it. And that opened everyone, everyone's eyes to it, including Templeview. We said, we can finance this. And I think the real revolution here is saying, I can put a 30-year loan on a short-term rental is just mind-boggling, something that two years ago you couldn't do. Yeah, no, didn't it just didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So what about am I forgetting or should we mention any other types of loan programs that would be really beneficial for that that you guys really specialize in? And and I and we're gonna we're gonna also roll into how to point people to get a hold of you guys and and make sure that they get they can they can dive into this, you know, for their own situation. But are there anything that we ought to mention here? You know, there are, I can, I can give a, a quick little, quick little infomercial here. So uh, we talked about Temple View being a leading private money lender. We're providing institutional capital to investors. We do short-term loans. We really have, have two varieties of loans, short-term loans and long-term loans. Those short-term loans come in a couple different flavors. I can do a fix and flip loan. I'll do up to a 90% loan to value, a 90% loan to cost, a 75% ARV. That's an after repaired value. I can do bridge loans, which is basically a fix and flip loan without a rehab component. I can do ground up construction. And then on those long-term loans, those are 30-year loans. We talked about the short-term rentals, but I can also do those on long-term rentals also. I can do them on unleased properties. We talked about that rate and term refund plus. So there's a whole variety of lending options we offer. And we kind of talked about this, which is, and Sean, you're going to share some information here. Get in touch with a reputable lender such as Templeview. Tell us your situation. Yeah. We like to solve complex financial problems with loans, with as a solution. And, and, and we'd love to dive in. This is what we do. Sean talked about when I teased him, I was going to hire him as a loan officer, right? He, he likes to invest in properties. He likes to, he likes to teach people how to do it and build wealth. And, and, and me on our end, I like to finance property. I'm, I probably have a short attention span. I need to be overstimulated. So I need to really work a whole lot of deals at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And, and it's uh, diving into, and, and really when you do, whether it's Temple View or anybody else, one of the things that I'm just constantly beating the, beating the drum on is, Go in with your partners when you're building a team, treat them as partners, be upfront and honest about your entire situation with your property goals, with your financial situation. And because sometimes I think people think, well, I'm not going to tell them this because I might not get the loan. I'm not going to do this because I might, that might not, that might not be what they want to hear. The fact of the matter is a true partner is going to help you figure out how to, how to find a solution to a problem. And because you, there's probably solutions to problems you have. And when you're diving into this game that you don't know how to, how to solve, but somebody on the other side really can help you, but they can only help you if you tell them up front exactly what your property goes, exactly what your situation is. And, and, and that's such a key part of building these relationships because like with a temple view, this is, this is something you're, this is probably a relationship. If it works out, you're going to do multiple properties, multiple loans, different loan programs and types based on the, what the situation allows you to do. And it's a really great tool to scale used correctly. Completely right, Sean. And then look, as I mentioned, we're here to help. 
tell us the situation. I can help you structure a loan. Uh, it, it never benefits anyone to withhold information when you're trying to get a loan. No. Uh, and you might feel like, hey, I don't want to tell Doug that I just took a bankruptcy yesterday. It's a good thing to tell me now. And I can't do a loan for it if you did take a, took a bankruptcy yesterday. But I could probably point you in the right direction. There are also some people that do it. And I could tell you some things to watch out for. Yes. But I don't want to learn about that after we've both invested hours and hours of time and effort work closing. And I say, hey, wait a minute. Did you take a bankruptcy yesterday? And you go, yeah, I did. I didn't think you'd want to hear it. You're like, right, I didn't. But And I can't do the loan. Yeah. So, so we're here to help. We're here to be your advocate. And, and again, if you've got a, a lender out there that isn't willing to help, isn't willing to answer all of your question, good reason to move on. Right. So, so tell us at a high level, I know we don't, we probably don't get into all the details, but at a high level, who, who is an ideal client for Templeview? To, if I'm listening to this or watching this and I'm wondering, would I be, would I be an ideal client for Templeview? Should I reach out? What would, what would you say to that? You know, at a very, very high level. I would say it is somebody that is interested in acquiring a long-term rental, someone who is interested in doing a fix and flip project. Uh, it, it's anyone that's, that's looking to do those things. That's the basic qualification, right? Uh, in many cases, you don't have to have experience doing this, but on the other hand, there could be depending on the type of projects you're doing. Uh, we oftentimes cater to people that have done this before and, and, and they're really looking for some of the best terms out there, some of the, the best rates, the best leverage, leverages, how much you can borrow relative to the value of the home. And we really cater to those people, but we can handle your inquiry, even if you haven't done this before and explain some of the pitfalls around it also, right? There's, there's so many, we, there's a little joke in this industry that believe it or not, when you buy a property, two good looking guys in plaid shirts don't show up and a half hour later, the project's done, despite the fact you discovered a crack foundation halfway through. We're very concerned you didn't know there's a crack foundation. We have no idea how you paid for it. It's a much more involved process. And uh, it's not something that, that oftentimes casual investors can do, right? One of the best things you can do, especially on a fix and flip, show up at that project every day and make sure people are working, right? And that's hard to do when you have another job. But again, we can work you through that. Uh, and, and, and we have a large investor network. You have a large investor network. Even if you haven't done this before, sometimes one of the best things you can do is, is partner up with someone who has and get a PhD in doing this. Yeah. So when you say experience, if I'm listening to this and I have, you know, I own my house, I maybe have, have one short-term rental or maybe I don't have any. What if I'm a business owner, good credit, have done some real estate in the past, owned some properties in the past, but I don't own any short-term rentals. Is that something that, that would be, should I be reaching out on in those situations? Yes. Okay. I could do a loan for you even if you had never had a short-term rental before. I'm going to slightly constrain the leverage. You're not going to be able to borrow quite as much on that loan to value as if you'd had that experience. I would say the basic line, cut line I have on that is I do have, you do have to have paid a mortgage for 12 months. You have to have a mortgage of some kind. On your yeah. primary residence. If you've never owned a home before, I'm going to be challenged to extend you finances. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Awesome, Doug. Well, listen, man, I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. This has been really fun for me. I know that for our listeners, I hope you guys got as much out of it as I did. Um, what, what would be the next steps? How can, how can folks reach out to Templeview? What is the best way to find Templeview? Reach out and find out if this is a loan program that works for, for them. 
and, and Sean, what it is, is it's reach out and contact us. And I know, I think we're setting up a special arrangement, some special contact info, yeah. and a landing page for you. I don't have that right now today. Okay. <laughs> I didn't I'm know sure if you had, do, I don't have it either yet. Editing, so you can make it seem like I did. Yeah. Um, but I, I really want to make sure we're directing in the right place. And I think we're going to have a special landing page just for your, your visitors. Awesome. So what we'll do is, and I, and I don't have that yet either. So what we'll do by the time this drops, um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, look in the show notes. We'll have that link in there. And then also on YouTube, we'll have the, the link in the in the show notes on there as well. So you'll you'll be able to just click directly to to Temple View and dive in to see if this is a if this is a product that works for you. Again, they're, they're really their tagline is, and I'll probably mess it up, but it's you know, these are investment loans put together by investors, right? And so they very much understand where we're coming from. You're exactly right. And we really pride ourselves on being innovative. Uh, and, and, and I guess the other thing I'd say too, Sean, if you're not sure you can get one of these loans, for sure, call us. Yeah. We want to talk to you. It's what we do, right? We, it, it's intended to say we're going to show you how to do it. And even if we can't help you right now, again, we can point you in the right direction. This is what we do. We're experts on providing financing for investment properties. Awesome. I'm excited. I can tell you right now, I've got a, I've got a project that we're, uh, we're working through and, and get the details over to Carrie. So we'll hopefully Carrie will get, I'll, I'll, on the, I'll have to do an update and say, okay, I got this. Here's what I did with it. And here's how I used it. Let's bury Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to rhyme, but it happens all the time. <laughs> right, right, right. That's, uh, that, that's our goal. Carrie's going to be busy. <laughs> awesome, Doug. Well, listen, I very much appreciate your time today. And spending it with us, I know time is so valuable for all of us. And so we very much appreciate you spending it with us today. For those of you listening, thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. And if you got anything out of this, give us a like, give us a share, give us a review on either on the Apple podcast, wherever you're listening to the podcast or on YouTube, those things really do help us. Until next time, go pick one thing you can do today to build that life that you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey, Grace, is there a website? Yes. For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.